0: Start selling on Shopify today. Go to Shopify.com slash CNN for a $1 per month trial.
1: Hey everyone, I'm Kristen Holmes, CNN correspondent in for David Chalion, and this is the CNN Political Briefing. Here's what you need to know in politics for Tuesday, August 22nd. Some of the 19 people who have been indicted for their role in attempting to overturn the 2020 election in Georgia have been turning themselves in ahead of the first GOP presidential primary debate. We have some new reporting on when former President Donald Trump is expected to turn himself into authorities in Georgia, as well as what he's planning to do on Wednesday night instead of going to the debate. But first, the first two co-conspirators have turned themselves into the Fulton County Jail earlier today. The jail's database says Atlanta bail bondsman Scott Hall was the first to surrender. He was charged with crimes related to his alleged involvement in the Coffee County, Georgia, voting systems breach. Court filings show his bond was set at $10,000. And jail records show the second was John Eastman, a right-wing lawyer who devised and promoted a six-step plan for then-Vice President Mike Pence to overturn Joe Biden's victory on January 6, 2021. A court filing from Monday reveals Eastman reached an agreement with the district attorney for a $100,000 bond order. After being booked at the Fulton County Jail, Eastman said he had no regrets and criticized the indictment against him.
0: It targets attorneys for their zealous advocacy on behalf of their clients, something attorneys are ethically bound to provide, and which was attempted here by formally challenging the results of the election through lawful and appropriate means.
1: He also said he hasn't spoken to Trump and is paying his own legal bills. CNN's Zachary Cohen has more on how Eastman's surrender went down and what it could mean for Trump.
0: John Eastman went in around 10.20 this morning and we saw him leaving just before noon. So he was in there for a little under two hours and he told us that he was fingerprinted. He took a mugshot, he was searched and he was treated really like any other uh, defendant that comes here to turn themselves in at the Fulton County Jail. And, um, you know, maybe we're starting to see a pattern established here that the defendants who are turning themselves in as part of this Trump case are being treated almost like anybody else. Now, that will be, you know, remains to be seen if that'll happen for the former president. Obviously there's special circumstances that go in to a former president surrendering himself to a jail sort of uncharted waters in itself.
1: Trump said on True Social yesterday that he plans to turn himself in and be processed on Thursday. Trump's lawyers and District Attorney Fannie Willis agreed on terms of Trump's bond order, which are more extensive than agreements for other defendants. Release conditions for Trump include a $200,000 bond, no communication with co-defendants in the case about the case, and no social media posts or reposts meant to intimidate any co-defendant or witness in the case. We know Trump has a history of attacking judges and witnesses in cases on social media before. Former U.S. attorney from the Middle District of Georgia, Michael Moore, told CNN he thinks the judge will be strict to enforce this social media restriction, but lays out why it's going to be tricky.
0: Problem is he's going to have to balance Trump's First Amendment right as he is engaging in this campaign, because one of his one of the witnesses in the case against him is his former vice, vice president, who's also a candidate for the office he too seeks. And so this political back and forth, you don't want to interpret it as a threat, or uh, you don't, you know, that's that's the risk. And so how will those things be seen? This case is gonna be full of sort of these lines that people have to decide what crosses the line as we go forward.
1: By the time we recorded this podcast, we're still waiting on some of the bigger names other than Trump to turn themselves in. Trump's former lawyers, Rudy Giuliani, and Sidney Powell, for instance. And other defendants are trying to move their case in Georgia to federal court. That includes Mark Meadows, Trump's former chief of staff, and former DOJ official Jeffrey Clark. CNN's Caitlin Poland has more on those efforts by Clark and Meadows.
0: So many moving parts here in this case in state court. So this racketeering case charges several people, including Donald Trump himself, but several people who had some sort of an affiliation as an official in uh, the federal government at the time of the election or shortly after. And those people are popping up to say, we want to get this case out of state court. We want to put it in the federal court system. And so the most uh, prominent motion to do this so far has come from Jeffrey Clark. He's asking the federal court to put the whole case on hold, get all of the defendants, all 19, moved out of state court into federal court before a federal judge rather than a state judge, perhaps a judge that could have been appointed by Donald Trump. Uh, And so he's asking for that to happen. The timeline on this is he wants something to happen fast. Mark Meadows already has a hearing on one of these similar motions, except for Monday. And he is also saying he wants to not be arrested by that deadline on Friday. According to court filings that we're now getting in this federal case, the district attorney's office is telling Mark Meadows that if he isn't arrested by turning himself in, negotiating bond, just as these other defendants in this 19 defendant case are doing, uh, then he will have a warrant issued for his arrest on Friday if he does not go through this process. Like the others.
1: Now, this is happening as the RNC announced eight Republican presidential candidates will take the debate stage for the first time in the 2024 primary race. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis and entrepreneur Vivek Ramaswamy will take center stage. Former Vice President Mike Pence is next to DeSantis, followed by former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie and former Arkansas Governor Asa Hutchinson. Next Ramaswamy will be former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley, then South Carolina Senator Tim Scott, and North Dakota Governor Doug Burgum. Now, some other candidates did not qualify for the debate. Three of them, Larry Elder, Will Hurd, and Perry Johnson, took to social media to slam the RNC when they found out they couldn't participate. Hurd called the RNC polling standards, quote, arbitrary and unclear, while Johnson called the debate process, quote, corrupted. Elder said he intends to sue the RNC to halt Wednesday's presidential debate over, quote, rigged rules. And the elephant that won't be in the room in Milwaukee is the frontrunner, Donald Trump. He said this week that he won't debate because of his commanding lead in the polls, a decision he's teased for a while now on True Social, in interviews, and even been polling both his rally crowds as well as his allies and advisors on whether or not he should actually appear. My sources tell me that Trump has already taped the interview with Tucker Carlson that's meant to serve as counterprogramming for the debate. Where the interview will be published is still unknown. However, I am told by sources that it's going to be released sometime around the debate Wednesday night. The former president himself will be at his Bedminster Club in New Jersey on Wednesday. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis is expected to get a lot of heat from other candidates at the debate, given that Trump's not there and he's in second place.
0: We'll be ready. I mean, I think that uh, with Donald Trump not being there, I don't think it's any secret that I'm going to be probably the guy that people are going to come after.
1: That's what the Florida governor told Fox News, adding that he thinks Trump should still come to the debate.
0: He has um, has a great opportunity to come out and and do this. I think he owes it to people. Uh, I don't think our voters, even people that appreciate what he did, and I'm actually one that appreciated a lot of what he did, too. uh, I don't think they're going to look kindly on somebody that thinks they don't have to earn it.
1: Now, another candidate who's built his campaign so far on taking down Trump in a debate is Chris Christie. He did a town hall last night with Country First, a PAC founded by former Republican Congressman Adam Kinzinger. Here's what Christie had to say about the Trump factor in tomorrow's debate. For some folks, they believe this is a political calculus, that somehow Donald Trump will be defeated by the legal process, and that when he is, if they're the ones who have said nothing bad about Donald Trump, that they're more likely to inherit the Donald Trump voters. Well, I'll tell you something. If you want to know what a failure that strategy is, talk to me or Jeb Bush Or Marco Rubio? Now, ahead of the Republican debate, surrogates and officials for the Democratic National Committee and President Joe Biden's campaign are seeking to draw a contrast between the two parties. DNC Chair Jamie Harrison told reporters today that tomorrow's debate is an opportunity for voters to ultimately make the same choice they did in 2020.
0: They're going to see the most extreme, the most divisive, most chaotic slate of presidential candidates in history in action. This election will be a choice. And I believe that just as they did in 2020, voters will choose hope. They're going to choose confidence. They're going to choose unity. And they will send President Biden and Vice President Harris back to the White House to finish
1: the job. Meanwhile, the Biden campaign launched its first state-specific ad today in Wisconsin, where the Republican debate will take place tomorrow. My name is Kyla, and concrete has been my career. Being a mom is hard. It's just hard in a different way. It's really unique to catch a break. I feel like Joe Biden understands people like me. Good to see you, man. The ad highlights how the president's domestic agenda has brought economic prosperity to Wisconsin and is set to begin running in the Milwaukee market tomorrow. Now, as for those other candidates on stage in Milwaukee on Wednesday night, the big effort that they are going to have to make is how to differentiate themselves from Donald Trump, how to present themselves as an alternative. And we know that many of them have been preparing to do just that. But the question remains how much Donald Trump will still be a factor in the debate and how much of a presence he will still have, even though he's not on the stage. That's it for today's political briefing. Thank you so much for listening. And if you like the show, please consider rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. We'll talk to you tomorrow.